Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 158. This is how we do things. It's December 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. My music is by Howie Moscovich. This is how we do things. Oh my heavens. This is a mini podcast. I know I'm introducing a new concept, which is mini podcasts. Basically topics that have to be addressed. Very important in my opinion. Also, I did, I did consult with my therapist friend who agrees. And it's something that I think is significant enough. You need to know. And therefore we're doing mini podcasts on some topics. So this is how we do things. Before I break this apart for you, I want you to know that I am not a therapist. I'm not in the medical community. I know, such a shock, right? Ha ha ha. No, I'm not. And this is not intended to be medical or therapy advice. If you need medical or therapy advice, you should definitely get that from a therapist or a licensed healthcare provider, of which I'm not. Now, I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com, in 2024. I'm sure we'll get that handled to have transcripts also on my website. Right now, they're currently on rss.com. I would love it if you would go to my website and enter my giveaway. And even more, what would make me extremely happy is if you downloaded my free emotional processing workbook. Yes, it's free which is on my website, on the right-hand side, a downloadable PDF right below the Newsweek logo. It's free and it will help you. It will change your life, I promise you. And lastly, but not least, if you are feeling suicidal, if you think life is too hard and you just can't continue, first of all, I've had a hard life. I, I hear you. I understand what it's like to have a hard life or a hard situation or hard circumstances. I just happen to have different skills. If you knew what I know, you would probably be feeling way better. So what I'm asking you to do, if you feel suicidal or feeling like you're going to harm yourself or feeling like for whatever reason you can't go on, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or you may call or text 988. So you've got 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. I promise you, if you understood how you got put together as a human being, you would probably be very proud of yourself. You would probably feel so good if you understood how well you're actually doing. All right, so that's that. All right, so this is how we do things. Welcome to my first mini podcast. So this is a phrase that you, if you start to listen for it, you will hear at work, you will hear in your family. You will probably hear it in your friend groups, maybe neighborhood associations, sports, all, all kinds of places people say this. But we actually don't have, in my opinion, a high level of awareness or an awakening to what, what is actually going on. And of course, 
that is one of the points of all of my podcasts is to wake you up to how you can have this amazing, beautiful life, how life can be miraculous, even when you've got nasty stuff going on. So having an awakening and awareness to this phrase, this is how we do things could be beneficial to you. <laughs> could be beneficial to you. Now, I'm not saying that the phrase is automatically troubling or automatically a problem. No, I'm not saying that. It could be innocent. It could be. And it might be, there might be something else behind it, which is the point of doing this podcast. If it was always innocent, we wouldn't need to do the podcast. So when someone innocently says, oh, this is how we do things, it would be innocent. They might be trying to help you. They're just sharing information without any attachment. They're not trying to control you or control the outcome. They're just trying to simply share information in case it would be valuable to you. So it's not to dictate or control. And to give you an example, oh, I was once loading, loading a machine with someone who apparently had never done it before and uh, actually was doing it very wrong. Uh, I didn't tell them that. But I said, oh, wow, this is very interesting. I see how you're doing that. Um, this, is, this is how we do it. And I showed them and they were like, oh, oh. Because actually the way they were doing it, the machine wouldn't really work properly. So that's probably not the best example. And if I told you what equipment, you'd be like, oh my gosh. Uh, so there's there can be an innocent where you're you kind of, you know, you're, you're maybe watching out for somebody. You want them to know. But it's not about power and control. It's not about, you know, anything evil or necessarily bad. So that's the innocent form of it. <clears throat> now, in a dysfunctional family or a dysfunctional workplace or... You know, you listen, sometimes people have friend groups that are completely dysfunctional, but in a dysfunctional environment, family, work, otherwise, it can be and is sometimes or more often about power and control. This is how we do it, meaning this is how our family does it, or this is how our friend group does it. You could be saying that to a new person who's joined the friend group. Um, like does what? Well, this is how we do holidays. This is how we do weddings. This is how you should have done your engagement. This is how you should have done your birth announcement or your gender reveal. This is how we do it. Like there's a whole, you know, uh, sense of energy about it that is not innocent. Now, it can be used to command compliance. Like it can be used to justify someone's behavior or to bully a family member or coworker or friend into submission. Like it can be used to demand someone gets their way. Like you can hear it in the statement. This is how we do things. So if you're not going to come along, if you're not going to, uh, you know, acquiesce, then you have to stand up for yourself. But it's a common dynamic, actually. This whole idea is a common dynamic in many situations. Certainly extremely common, common in dysfunctional families, but also can be found in workplaces, in associations, organizations, sport, all kinds. So the leader, which could be the head of the household, could be the kind of the the leader in the friend group or could be the boss at work, you know, will, will sometimes get other people in on it. And when they do that, then they've got the gang mentality because now you've got more than one person trying to get you to be, to conform. Now this idea, this is how we do things is 
very, very often and frequently done to the family scapegoat or the scapegoat at work, what have you, the scapegoat. And it's not, it's, um, you know, it's like they've crossed a boundary. And so this, this, instead of admitting they've crossed a boundary or they've done something, this can be used to overstep or sidestep that they've crossed a boundary. At least I have seen it done that way. So for example, there was a parent who, you know, did something that was very inappropriate to their child, to their child's wedding. And instead of, instead of copying to it and saying, you know what, I, I shouldn't have, I should not have done that. I should not have meddled. I should not have put my nose in my business. It was your wedding. It was your right to do your wedding however you wanted, but I, I couldn't control myself. So I had to, you know, do blah, blah, blah. And instead of doing that, then they just say, well, no, you're wrong. And you're wrong because this is how our family does it. This is how our family does it. Very demanding. So they want to dictate. They wanted to try to dictate the wedding plans and whatnot. So this is a, a, a tactic to try to get your way. And, you know, I mean, it's just used all over the place. And if you are a person, you know, like, People will have a baby and they will not want their newborn baby to be kissed and touched by family or strangers, which is actually a smart idea if you know about a disease transmission. I mean, it was a smart idea prior to COVID. It's a smart idea always because of how easy it would be for the newborn to swipe their face and take the germs in. I mean, that's literally how some newborns get very, very sick. But, but if your family doesn't agree to your wishes, then they can use this phrase. And it's just, it's a nasty, nasty thing that some families and even at work, um, do to other people. And they can actually use it in like a little initiation kind of form. Like, no, this is what we're doing it. So again, it's very different if it's uh, and innocent. And I'm really not talking about the innocent. I, I, I know it's, I've done it innocently to try to prevent something negative from happening with equipment. <laughs> like, oh, I, I'd love to tell you that story, but then you'd probably know who it was. Um, so, but here's the thing. Narcissists can do this, psychopaths, sociopaths, and, and people who have other mental health disorders. However, people who do not have a mental health disorder can do this because all you would need is to lack emotional skills or abilities. Because basically, if it's not being done innocently, so we're going to take innocent, innocent use of this phrase off the table, then you know, there really is some power and control wanting you to acquiesce to their demands. They're really kind of saying their emotional needs are more important than your emotional needs or their, their, their needs or their desires are more important than yours. You are less important. Your needs and emotions are either invalid or, uh, or are somehow less important. So you can see when I was giving that little example about the person I was talking to about their child's wedding, like they, they kind of ruined it. They really, it was nasty, very sad. It happens a lot. Like we have lots of bridal stories on the internet where somebody ruins somebody's wedding. And this is sometimes part of it. They may use a different phrase other than this is how we do it, but you get the gist of it. So does this sound familiar? Well, of course it sounds familiar because we have somewhere between 70 to 96% of American families who are dysfunctional, we have, according to all reports, uh, about 85% 80 of the population that has low self-esteem. This is an action that would be more uh, 
likely to come from someone who has low self-esteem. Someone who feels good about themselves doesn't want to run roughshod over other people. They want to lovingly support other people, not demand that they get their way. So it's very common in America and very common in, in the world. And I am bringing this to your attention for two reasons. One, I want you to have a heightened sense of awareness when you hear the phrase, this is how we do it, or some phrase like that. It could be, this is how we do it at, in our work team. It could be, this is how our family does it. You get the idea. So one is to bring your heightened awareness so you can be sensitive to it and take the appropriate action. And the other is, so hopefully we can, we can kind of bring some of that down and, and also, so you can take an appropriate action. So what is the appropriate action? If you're in the position, work, friend, group, family, what have you, where someone is saying, Hey, no, no, that's not how we do it. This is how our friend group makes arrangements. You know, whoever takes the picture gets to post it or what, whatever it is, right? You can see there'd be so many applications for this. So your best, if this is happening to you, whether it's work, family, friend group, whatever, your best, number one, your best long-term solution is for you to get your emotional, mental fitness house in order. That's the long-term solution. That is by far the best solution because you will then have skills and abilities with your emotions and in all kinds of areas because emotional and mental health is not a one, two, three criteria deal. I will be putting forth some criteria people because I'm mad and annoyed that in 2023, we in the world in 2023 do not have a definition of what good mental health is. I actually don't have any plans to define good mental health. I plan on defining it by criteria, by saying, I'm not going to define it, but here's my criteria. Take it as it resonates because it's research-based. But you will have an amazing life if you start to get on the road for growth and development, get on the road to one step at a time, one day at a time, start building your emotional and mental fitness. Like you, it will change your life. I promise you. And you will then be better skilled and better able to handle a situation where this is happening in a much better way. Like you will be able to do things. Now, uh, that's not to say you're going to stop dysfunctional people. No, dysfunctional people or psychopaths, narcissists, sociopaths, all those people, whatever illness, or maybe they're just like arrogant, righteous, know-it-all, judgmental. They're going to be that way. It's not your job to fix and change people. Your job, in my opinion, is to have this wonderful and amazing, miraculous life. And I just looked at the time and thinking, oh, I thought this would be so much shorter than it is. So this might not actually be a mini podcast now that I said it would be. Oh, well, too bad. So, and I'm not even going to go back and correct what I said in the beginning because I not I never strive for perfection. Oh, well, I thought this would be a mini podcast. Well, it's not necessarily looking that way at this point. So there's your long-term fix. Your long-term fix is you get your life in order. You get yourself in order. You get healthy, 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 happy, happy, happy. Trust me, your, your, your tolerance for anything other than happiness will go very low will go extremely low, almost to zero. All right, now I'm going to give you some thoughts on it short term. So there's your long-term fix. I highly recommend that. So it depends on who you are and where you are in life. So if, if this is happening in some aspect of your life or some area of your life, this is what you do is going to depend on A, what your emotional mental fitness is right here and now. 
like where you are, how healthy you are, what skills you have. It's going to also depend on the situation and it is also going to depend on uh, your relationships with people and what's at stake. So what could be won or lost? Well, if it's at work, you're going to use a, maybe a little different measuring scale for figuring out your pros and cons about taking any action or not taking any action. Regardless of where it's happening and regardless of where you are, I will strongly, strongly suggest or admonish that you go to my website and get my free emotional workbook and start learning that process. Now, I am going to be changing it to, to um, version 6.0 because I have to tell you, it, it's not exactly the most professional version that's up right now at 5.0, but I'm kind of just like, oh, like, you know, doing it as it comes. And I, I had this thought, oh, I need to add a cover. Oh, I need to really dress. I need, I need to make it a little more professional, but it, the content is good. The content's not going to really change, except I will be adding a checklist. That is my criteria for good mental health. So get that. And then you have to make a decision based on who it is, what the circumstances are, you know, what you're going to do. I mean, and this is going to be very tricky, which is why I'm suggesting you get my emotional workbook and start sorting yourself out emotionally. Because if you're dealing with someone who's an abuser, there is always fallout with an abuser. There, there just is. They're, they're, the, they're the drama people. And I, I do have a podcast called Stop With The Drama. I am not a fan of drama. I'm a fan of peace and happiness. Peace, P-E-A-C-E. So... But there are some people, it took me a while, it took me a long time to figure this out. Like, why would, why is there drama? Well, because some people are insistent. They're insistent on having their own way. They're insistent on writing roughshod over people, you know. So, so no matter what you do, and the, we're, again, this is the short term, there's typically or frequently fallout if the person is an abuser, which this phrase, if it's not being used innocently, in my humble opinion, is on the side of abuse and, you know, somebody's needs being more important than yours, which is just BS. So um, you have to factor all kinds of things when you make a decision because, you know, it can have, it will have consequences. Very, very likely it will have consequences. And, and sometimes you just take the path of least resistance, depending on the situation and kind of turn a blind eye to it because it's not that important. Or you decide, you know, at some point I'm going to cut all these people off right now. It's the right, not, not the right time, what have you. So in the short term, get the emotional workbook from my website and use it to kind of sort yourself out. You're going to have to make, you know, some type of decision. You might, I mean, it's likely, uh, about it. And because like, in the wedding situation example I gave earlier, that bride and groom, that son and the daughter-in-law, that's the, that's the parents that that son has for the rest of his life. So they kind of ruined his wedding. They'll probably try to ruin lots of other things because it's all about them. It's all about them getting what they want and they will use this phrase. And actually in the wedding situation, segues nicely into my next part of this podcast, which is the gang mentality. So in that case, the parents went and they got all these people to agree with them. Their son was wrong, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was a really nasty, horrible thing that they did to their son, but they used the gang mentality. Now, 
gang mentality happens in friend groups, families, all over the place. And that's where they go and they get other people to to say you're right and that other person is wrong. Right. They're getting they're getting agreement that what they've done is correct, even though what they've done is wrong. It's wrong, bad, disrespectful, nasty, mean, cruel, whatever. The abuser or the person who's trying to get their way will will validate themselves in uh, in what they're doing by getting agreement. And they will have people who might not agree, but the people will agree because they don't want to like take on Mrs. Nasty, you know, like Mrs. Nasty, who seems all sweet and nice, but she's not really. Uh, they don't want to get involved in the fray, so they will just say to the mother, oh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there are lots of people who say, oh, I agree with you, when they don't agree. I mean, stop doing that, people. That's not that's not helpful. So this will then make it more difficult for, in the wedding situation, the son and the daughter-in-law. But this is common, that people go get agreement. Because the other, if they didn't get agreement, they might have to look at what their own behavior and they use the agreement of the gang to validate themselves they're just not willing to look at their own behavior i mean i actually call the mother of the groom out on this wedding example and and she refused to accept she crossed about she crossed a huge boundary she and her husband and and it was very inappropriate they rained all over the the wedding uh, it was terrible. It was just awful. It was painful to hear. And she could not, was unwilling to say, oh, yes, I did anything wrong. Instead, she goes and gets all these people to agree with her to come back to me and say, look, all these people agree. I'm like, so what? So what? That doesn't in any way change that you crossed a boundary. That doesn't in any way change that you asked them, blah, blah, blah. And you did blah, blah, blah. Like that, 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 that you have 10 people agree with you changes nothing. Blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, then she tried to bully me. Well, guess what? You don't really, that's, that doesn't go too well for people. So, so, and there was also, oh my gosh, a, a reality show. I won't say which one where this happened to a contestant or a participant. It was always brutally painful to watch, but they used the gang mentality to tell this young man that he was wrong. Well, actually, the young man was correct, in my opinion, very, very correct. And they just like, they eviscerated him. They vilified him. And it, it was just like, oh my gosh, I could, I could hardly, I could hardly watch it. I could just hardly stand it. So your short term, going to depend on a lot of things. You have to look, I would look at, if, if you're in this situation, I would look at the long term as well. Like, okay, if it was a friend group, well, is it likely you're going to be friends with them forever? Like, you know, you really have to kind of weigh things out and you have to make your choices having done your due diligence because there's consequences. Unless you're just going to go along like a sheep with whoever says whatever, which you're welcome to do. Uh, but if it doesn't make you happy, I don't recommend that. I don't recommend you doing things that, you know, contribute to unhappiness or depression or feeling like you got used or feeling like you're not important. No, those things are not good for your mental health. It's not good for you to be around people who make you feel like you're less than, you're unworthy, you're unimportant. Those people are not good for you, for your mental health. Like that's probably part of the problem. So there's no easy answers for this. But I do want to, before I give you my final thoughts, I want to give you three points to consider in this whole mess of this is how we do things. So question number one is, is there trauma bonding? 
Well, I am new to trauma bonding people. <laughs> if you've been following my podcast all year, you, you realize at a certain point earlier this year, I happened upon the um, betrayal trauma information and research by Jennifer Freyd, F-R-E-Y-D, PhD, University of Oregon. Well, thank you, Ms. Freyd. Your research is compelling. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And she talks about betrayal trauma. She's the originator of betrayal trauma theory and other such relevant topics. And anyway, so trauma bonding is very interesting because so I've been trauma bonded. I've been trauma bonded many times, people, and I had no idea. Of course, I didn't learn about trauma until 2018. So who knew? I had no idea I had a life of trauma. Like I've had a life of trauma, and I didn't even know it until 2018. And so earlier this year, I learned about trauma bonding, and it's very important because you. I think most people probably get trauma bonded with their abuser because we, we're not that hip right now on psychology, the psychology of dysfunction, dysfunctional behavior, and all the things I talk about. So, and what I mean by trauma bonded, if you're trauma bonded with your abuser, then you kind of, you're blind to it most likely, or you wouldn't be, you'd disconnect the trauma bond once you figured it out, in my opinion, or you'd like distance yourself. But a trauma bond is between the abuser and the target or the victim, which could be two friends, it could be mother, mother, child, father, child, two siblings, it, you know, it could be anybody, boss at work, or, you know, it could be any, any relationship dynamic, but there's some level of abuse, and the victim of the abuse makes excuses or justifies the behavior of their abuser. So, well, they really didn't mean it. Well, they're really a good person. Well, I don't think they understand what they're doing. Like there's all kinds of justification for poor treatment or bad behavior. So the question is, is there trauma bonding? That would be a really helpful thing to look at because for you to be healthy and well in the world, in your life, it's really powerful for you to understand if you have a trauma bond with someone and then you can... Uh, start to break it apart and you can start to deal with yourself in a different way because you now have, you have the code for the dynamic. You have the key to the dynamic. So that's number one. Is there trauma bonding? Number two, are you the safe person for this individual? Well, you may or may not be. I have no idea. It's complicated. And this idea of the safe person I have never heard anybody else talk about it, quite frankly. I've talked about it, but I, I, I say that because, so I've been the safe person uh, for my whole life for some people, uh, people who were older than I was, people who were younger than I was, it's not about age, it wasn't about the relationship. So I have a, co- a podcast titled, When You're the Safe Person, which will help you understand that, but it's different if you're the safe person for someone, which hopefully if you're a parent, you're the safe person for your child. Now I know plenty of parents who are not the safe parent for their child. No. And I know some young people and some old people where they didn't have a safe parent. Neither one of their parents were safe. So I'm bringing this up because I do want people to start to identify you know, who are you the safe person for someone? And if so, whom and who's safe for you? Who can you, who can you speak to? Who can you, who, who's, who's your trusted confidant, etc. So that would be something 
because if you're the safe person for your child, for your best friend of 20, for, you know, your mother or whatever, your sibling, you know, sometimes if they don't have emotional skills, they will act out and be very cruel and abusive. That is my, that is my lifelong experience with being the safe person because when someone does not have emotional skills that means emotional regulation skills that means you know all kinds of things with respect to their emotion they will sometimes go to their safe person to kind of unload and vent as a way of discharging their emotions that they can't deal with for themselves and if you're the safe person you know that that's really important for you to know because you wouldn't want to like cast your child aside or a sibling or your best friend for 20 years or your parent or whatever whomever because they were discharging emotions they didn't know how to deal with so that's question is are you the safe person for them and the next question of this key points is are you the scapegoat or the black sheep or is it a double bind situation? Now, those are three different things. I did do a podcast on the three, the three topics, the scapegoats, double bind, double bind, double bind and black sheep. And that's important for you to know because that's a different dynamic. If you are the scapegoat in this situation where someone's saying, this is how we do it, they're never going to listen to you. You have no power. You're never going to win. That changes the dynamic. If you're in a double bind, you're not going to win no matter what you do. And that's also very, very helpful to know in the context of this is how we do things. So the entire point of this podcast is that you have an awareness with this phrase that you, when you hear this phrase or a version of it, it could be a version of it. You get the, the, you get the feeling and the, the context, kind of the context of it that you have an awareness. So kind of like, like this little red light goes off in your head, like, oh, and then you can begin to actively think to really think about the situation so that you can be clear about it and then be appropriate. Like you can behave appropriately. You can take an appropriate action. Now, this whole idea of this is how we do things. It could be a sign of irrational thinking. We have more than 50% of the world. I don't have the statistic. I've been fishing around. I found a couple now. It's high. The percentage of people in the world who are irrational is high. It's certainly over 50%. It's probably over 60%. I just don't know the number. But it can be irrational thinking. Because if you're irrational, your thinking is warped. It's distorted. It's not accurate. So it could be irrational thinking. It could be something that simple. But, of course, on the, on the more sinister end, narcissist, psychopath, sociopath, antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality, you know, or it could be just somebody who's a bully. They want to, they're a bully and they want to have their own way. And many times, it's interesting, and many times now in adult life, the bullies like kind of are a little like, uh, you know, change their color. So they, they dress it up. They're better at dressing it up. So it doesn't look like they're being a bully. But this phrase, this is how we do that, can frequently have the bullying mentality. And it's really problematic if this is being done to you by your parent or a family member, which is, again, so common. So the whole idea of this podcast, which uh, we're now past the mini podcast time idea. (laughs) I don't know why I was thinking I could do this in 10 or 12 minutes. Uh, But this is, you know for your heightened awareness. 
so that when you hear it or when you hear it or when you notice it, it might not be happening to you. It might be like one of your friends in the friend group is talking about their family or their parents or what have you know, like it, that you have an awakening to it. And then you can, you can really take a different course of action. So I hope this has been helpful so much for the idea of a mini podcast. I have another one I was going to record today that was supposed to be a mini podcast. I think that one actually might qualify. But anyway, I hope that's been helpful. I hope no one's you know, running roughshod over you and your emotions, but I have the tools for you. I'm asking you to join my team. I'm asking you to Get on the team of health and wellness and happiness and love and affection so you can have all the good stuff. And that's about it for today. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 158. This is how we do things. I certainly hope when you hear that phrase, Moving forward, you will have some new thoughts. You will definitely have some new observations. And I hope this will be helpful to you because I think it really will. I also request you share this podcast on social media. Share it with your friends and family. Let's change the world together one person at a time. I love you. I hope you're doing well. Take care for now.